Welcome to the RSCC podcast. We're so thankful that you're joining us today. Here at Rising Sun Church of Christ, we exist to know, love, and serve Jesus. If you would like to receive more information about RSCC, we would love to hear from you through our social medias at RSCC Family or through email at info at rsccfamily.org. Thanks for tuning in to the RSCC podcast, and we hope the message blesses you today. Well, good morning. Man, I hope you're having a good day. Um, you know, growing up in Rising Sun, uh, there was something that most of us did, at least in my generation. I don't, know, I don't think it really happens much anymore. Maybe it didn't happen much before me, but I know in my generation, this was a rite of passage. I remember when all of us started driving, we would just get in the car and drive. No plan, just driving. Now, gas was much cheaper back then, so driving for no reason really wasn't that big of a deal, but we would just get in the car and go. And often, admittedly, the goal was to drive out in the country and see if we could get lost. That's what we wanted to do. Just try to get lost. I don't know if any of you ever did that, but we did it all the time. We would just drive out, try to get lost. And if you go out far enough, the roads start to change, right? Obviously, the lines go away, but there's more changes than that. The roads can turn into gravel roads or dirt roads. The road names get really weird in some spots and kind of creepy. You can take roads that look like roads, but it's actually someone's driveway, and you end up at their house, and they don't like that. You have to back out really, really quickly. You know, I don't think we, I don't think we ever really got lost, but there were times where in all the aimless driving, it felt like we were never going to get home. And this is what happens when you start down the road without a plan or a map or a desired destination. You get lost. You take routes you shouldn't take, you lose your way, and then you have to work really hard to find the way back. And the same thing can often happen in the church. We go through week to week just attending. We don't have a vision or a mission or goals or a plan, and we get lost. We just kind of wonder. Now, one of the main ways we find success generally in life is to know where we're going. Have a destination, have a goal, know what you want to achieve. And so today what I want to do is I want to look ahead. What do we want to achieve in 2024? What is our goal? What's our destination? Who do we want to be as a church? So let's look ahead at 2024. Will you guys pray with me? Father, I am so thankful for the mission you have given us, that you have given us the responsibility of shining your light into a dark and broken world. And I ask that you would strengthen us, give us wisdom and courage, clear vision to run after what you have for us, that it wouldn't be man-made or selfish, but it would be all for you and your glory and for the purpose of bringing those who are far from you close. Now we thank you so much for Jesus who makes redemption and hope possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Now this may sound like a simple question, but it seems that we can often make the mistake of joining the Christian culture club instead of actually surrendering to the king. What I mean by that is we do things that look the part, but our heart isn't truly surrendered. And so I want to take a look at what 
Scripture has to say about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus because the Gospels give us a really clear picture of what happened when people met Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 5. This is in verse 11. And to set this up, what's going on is Jesus is calling his disciples. He's walking along the sea, and he calls out to these men, and he says, follow me. And this is what happens. Verse 11, so they pulled their boat up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And later on in that chapter, in verse 27, it says, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then in Matthew, in chapter 5, we get a little more detailed look at the calling of the fishermen who were disciples. In verse 18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You see, there's something that happens when we truly meet Jesus. I find it very interesting that every account of Jesus calling the disciples to follow him says either or something like they left everything or immediately they left and followed him. Look, when these men met Jesus, he became the most important thing in their life. They were willing to give up literally everything in order to follow him. They left their families, their profession, their possessions, everything. They left it all behind and follow Jesus. So I ask again, what does it mean to follow Jesus? When we look ahead to where we're going as a church, this is the question we have to answer first. I believe God is calling us to some amazing things as a church, but we have to get this part right. All of us who call ourselves believers have to understand what it means to follow Jesus. Is he first? Is he in and over everything? Is his glory your desire? Is he Lord of your whole life? I talked about this a little bit earlier this year, but I think it's a good time to revisit it. Oftentimes we see Jesus as one of many circles in our Venn diagram. It can often look like this. We have work and friends and family, school, sports, and Jesus circles. And sometimes they intersect. And at the center of all of these circles is me. This is how most people's lives look. I am at the center and everything revolves around me. And every once in a while, the different aspects of my life collide, but usually they all stay separate. But the life of a Jesus follower looks different. We are not at the center. Our lives aren't even Venn diagrams. Our life should just simply be a circle titled Jesus. And everything we do and everything we are fits inside of that because he is over everything. He is our first pursuit. So everything fits under his lordship. Jesus becomes everything. 
Or as John the Baptist put it in John chapter 3, he says, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Jesus isn't something we add into our lives. Jesus is Lord. He overtakes our lives and we submit ourselves to his lordship. We become less, he becomes greater. We as a church need to be known as people who elevate the name of Jesus. We should be known for that before we're known for anything else. And when this happens, there are some things that follow. Life in our community drastically changes when Jesus' people live the Jesus way. I love this story in Luke chapter 5. I shared this a few months ago, but it's fitting to share it again. Luke 5 verse 17, it says, One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This is church. That's what it is. We come to the feet of Jesus and he does amazing things and we go home praising God and saying, we have seen remarkable things today. And the friends in this story knew that Jesus could heal the paralyzed man and they were willing to tear the roof off of a stranger's house in order to make sure their friend met Jesus. What are you willing to do? I want to share with you what I believe God is calling us to as a church, but you need to understand that in order to achieve any of it, we have to first, like I said, elevate Jesus. We have to invite people in like these guys did. And we together have to commit to the mission. We have to commit to the mission. I want to try something here to help you understand how important a personal invite is. So I'm going to take a little bit of a risk. I'm going to ask you some questions. And just by a show of hands, how many of you are here because you saw an ad on Facebook or something and you decided to come check it out? How many of you are attending this church because of that? Raise your hands. Yeah, there's a few. Not very many. It's really good that we do that. <laughs> How many of you are here because a stranger knocked on the door or handed you a pamphlet and told you about it? Show of hands, anybody? Yeah. All right. Now, how many of you are here because a friend or a coworker or a family member personally invited you or your family to come to church? Yeah. Yeah, let's just do that, right? That's what works. 
And it works all the time. Actually, statistically, it works 75% of the time. If you want to know the, the stat statistic about it, 75% of the time that a friend, family member, or coworker invites someone to church, the answer is yes. 75% of the time, three out of four times. Now, any given weekend here, there are roughly 300 people here on the weekend. If all of us invited one person and 75% of the time it was successful, there would be 525 people here next week. It's that simple. We have to invite people in. So we need to first elevate Jesus, make his name great. We become less, he becomes greater. We invite people in and we have a 75% success rate and it changes everything. And we commit to the mission. I looked into the 2020 census information for Rising Sun in Ohio County, and there are some things that we all need to understand about our community, because this is the mission. First, 15% of our community lives below the poverty line. Now, that stat doesn't tell us everything, because we know that in the schools, there's a lot higher percentage who are on free and reduced lunch. So it's, it's worse than that. But statistically, 15% of our community lives below the poverty line. This means that 15% of our community has trouble meeting basic, everyday needs. Scripture calls us, as the church, to care for the broken. We have to make it a priority to create avenues where people's needs can be met and at the same time, hope from Jesus can be introduced. Those two things are interlocked. They cannot be separated. Not only should we try our best to wisely provide physical needs to those who need help, but we need to, more importantly, care for their spiritual needs as well. Everything we do needs to point people to Jesus. That's the whole point of the free store we have. That's the whole point. And one thing I'm really excited about in 2024 is that we are partnering with the Extension Office to develop a community garden right next to the free store. I love this project. And there's a lot to work out still, but it's going in the right direction. I'm so excited about this project for this reason. This garden will be managed by the community and nearly everything grown in it will be made available in the free store. That means that people in our community will have access to healthy, locally grown food that they have participated in growing at our free store. And this also opens the door for other things like teaching classes on healthy eating and how to grow your own garden and how to sustain on your own. This partnership has the ability to be a cycle-breaking ministry in our community. It can change things for generations. This is a good thing. Like I said, we're still working out details, but watch for more to come. I'm really excited about that. And something else you need to know about our community. 71% of Ohio County claims no religious affiliation at all. 71%. So I want to dig into this number a little bit because that doesn't even tell you everything. This number doesn't mean that the other 29% of the community attends church or has a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't say that. This means that 71% has no involvement with religion whatsoever. So then, when you look at the 29% left over, that number captures people who claim any religious affiliation at all. They could simply believe in God but not attend church. They could be Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Mormon, or any other religion. So these numbers are actually worse than 71%. But if we just work with that number... So just 71%, here's what that means. 
Rising Sun is a city of 2,250 people. So this number tells us that 1,600 of them do not affiliate with religion at all. That's wild to me. That's, that's so many people. But let's zoom out a little further. Ohio County has 6,000 people. So that means that 4,250 of them do not affiliate with the church at all. That means within 20 minutes from our doors, there are 4,250 people who do not affiliate with a religion of any sort. And what's unique about these numbers here in our community, if you were to go to a larger community of, say, 60,000, 70,000 people, those numbers don't mean a whole lot because you don't know them. They're just numbers. But here, we know them. There's 300 people here on any given weekend. It is for sure that we know them. There's a, there are enough of us here that we know all 4,250 of those people. We can go get them. We have work to do. We need to invite people to church. What does that mean? It means we have to make room. We have a mission, and we need room to fulfill the mission. There's a quote from an unknown author that has gained popularity over the last handful of years, and it says this, when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. When you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. We need to build a longer table. The biggest roadblocks in church growth are space and connection. If a visitor comes to ch the church and there's nowhere to park and nowhere to sit, they're not going to stay around. And if they do happen to stay around, but we don't help them get connected as part of the family, they will eventually leave. So when we look at growing, we have to address both of these issues, space and connection. Now, we have an amazing facility here. We are very blessed in that. We have an amazing facility. And this facility, if used to its fullest potential, can house around 1,000 people in two services. What that means is we don't have to change a whole lot. We just have to change how we are using our building. We don't have to change much about the building. And we can reach 1,000 people. Now, the goal in all of that is to honor our 200-year history because we know what we stand on. We know where we came from, and we want to do what they did and continuously look ahead. And we got to remember, we are a church that is focused on making disciples. That is our number one priority. We are focused on making disciples. So how do we make space so that there are no barriers to people coming to know, love, and serve Jesus. This is the question we will answer this year. The other problem then becomes involvement. If you answer the space issue, the next problem is involvement. How do we make sure people get connected and become part of the family? Now, I'm working in 2024 on having discipleship and leadership pathways developed so that people can have practical ways to grow in their faith. One of those things is something Adam mentioned just a little bit ago, which is our starting point class, and the first one will start next week. And this is an opportunity for people who are relatively new to the church or just want to know more about who we are to come together, meet other new people, hear about the history, beliefs, and practices of the church, hear about the vision going forward, and find out how you can be a part of it. It's the whole point. It's step one. 
The other class that will be coming very soon, I'm going to call Next Level. And this class is an opportunity to dive deep into the deeper waters of what we believe. The purpose is to help develop the beliefs and practices of those who desire to serve in higher capacities in the church. This is where we will develop Sunday school teachers, youth coaches, small group leaders, and hopefully one day it can be a place that we build staff from. And there's so much more that we're going to continue to develop. To develop, We want to expand our prayer ministry, which should be doing a lot more than it is, even though it's amazing now, there's much more they can do. We want to expand connections and next steps and first impressions, all these things that help people feel connected to the church. We have to expand them. We are hoping to continue to do great work with our mission partners. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we give more than 10% of our general offering budget away to global, global mission partners. I'm really proud that we do that. That's a good thing to do. And it makes a massive impact on the world. And I want to continue to expand that and do more. We're seeing so many people internationally come into relationship with Jesus because of how we are generous with our mission partners. So how do we achieve it? I know it sounds like a lot. I know that. But we just have to take it one step at a time. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? Anybody know? Yeah, one bite at a time. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. It's what you do. And what we are going to do is we are going to partner together as the church to eat the elephant one bite at a time. And how do we do that? Like I said earlier, we elevate the name of Jesus. We invite people in. And we commit to the mission. So how I want to finish today is I want to ask you to commit to the mission. Now, I want to be clear. I'm talking to those of you who call this place home. If this is your church home, this call is for you. And I have three things. But first, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 19. He says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. What he's saying is that when we live fully surrendered to him and use our time, talent, and resources to draw others to know him and bring glory to his name, our reward is in heaven. And there is no better reward than that. He tells us time and time again, not to store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven. So I'm asking you for a very practical commitment. There are three things. First, if you regularly attend but you do not serve, I'm asking you to serve. You're a part of the family, and the family serves one another. I need you to serve. And there are so many different ways you can serve. You can serve in our production crew, which is always expanding because we're doing a lot more with that these days. You can serve in our worship team. If you sing or play an instrument, come on, we'll figure it out. Get up here. If you are passionate about anything, we will get you connected. But mostly where our biggest need is, is children's ministry. We need help. There is so much we want to do, but we need help in that area. Our children's team does a great job. But I want to make sure you know, if we grow much more, our children's ministry will be at capacity. And that's not because of space. We have plenty of space. It's because of volunteers. We currently only offer children's programming during this hour. 
And I would love to be able to expand that. I would love to be able to offer it during both services, during Sunday school hour, especially if we're going to do leadership training classes in Sunday school hour. We're going to need children's ministry happening. I would love to be able to do that, but the only way is if you serve. We have to serve. And I want to even push it a little farther. If you do currently serve, but when you serve, you don't attend church, I want to ask you to change your rhythm. We have two services for a reason. And the reason is that you attend one and you serve one. So if you currently don't come to church on the weekends you serve, change your rhythm. Serve the service that you do not, or attend the service you do not serve. And I want to tell you, if you have a passion for something, but you don't know how to use it to serve, come talk to us. We'll figure it out. We'll connect you in a way that allows you to lean into what you're passionate and gifted in. If you desire to serve, but you don't really know where your gifting is, great. I'll take a willing spirit any day, and I will figure out how to get you to feel like you're living in your passion. We will get you going. We have to serve one another. Second, invite one person. For all of 2024, one person. Pray for them every day by name and invite them. If we do that, like I said earlier, there are about 300 of us. If everybody invites and we get 75% success rate, like the stats say, 525 people. Invite one person, each of us individually. And we all know someone, one person. And lastly, the third commitment is give. Everything we do is only possible based on what you give. Staff salaries, electric bills, mortgage, missions donations, all of our programming, upkeep of facilities, everything we do is done and paid for by the tithes and offerings that you give. And you have been generous. You have been. And I'm so thankful for how you give. But I'm asking everyone to commit just a little deeper. And I want to be clear, this isn't a capital campaign. I'm not taking a loan out and then we have to pay it off. We're not trying to achieve some building goal or something like that. I'm simply asking, look at the mission, commit a little deeper. And here's what I want that to look like. I am asking that everyone who currently gives to the church would increase their giving by 1%. Just 1%. And if you want to know what that looks like, I'm going to use... I'm going to use a round number because it makes it easy to do math. If you have an average family income of $50,000 a year and you give 1% more a year, that is $500 for the year. That's $42 a month. And if you do that, here's what happens. I'll tell you the result. We have, we've been having, like I said, about 300 people attend on the weekend, which translates to somewhere in the realm of 100 individual tithes and offerings. If 100 people increase their giving by 1%, that is, that is an increase of roughly $50,000 for the year. And that changes so much changes everything for us. We can do things like hire more staff, which we already need, but we're going to need more of if we continue to grow like we are. We can do things like expand the parking lot, which we know we already need to do because anytime a room is full, we can't fit in the parking lot. 
We can do things like provide more assistance to the community and those in need. We can give more to our mission partners. There is so much we can do with just a 1% increase. We can more easily achieve the goals that God has clearly laid out for us. Now, for those of you who call this place home, but you haven't stepped into giving yet, that's okay. This isn't a guilt thing. I'm not here to do that. But if you don't give yet, I'm asking you the same thing. 1%. That's it. 1%. I know it doesn't sound like much, but when it's all put together, it makes a massive impact. So if you give five right now, give six. If you give 10, give 11. If you give zero, start giving 1%. We can build a bigger table and see more people come to know Jesus if we just commit. Last year, we saw 25 baptisms, which was amazing. Let's see even more in 2024. So if you want to start giving, let me give you the practicalities of it. We have a big black giving box in the back that says generosity matters on it. You can always give physically there. It's very simple. If you have online giving set up and you need to update it, you can go to rsccfamily.org give. There's a box on the bottom that says give. You click on it and it'll bring you to the place. You update your giving or start giving, reoccurring giving there. It's very simple. If you have questions about that, you can always see me or Adam or Mike would be your best get, best bet, Mike Elliott. He can help you with that. But let's do it. You can do it right now on your phone if you wanted to. And I want you to know that I'm not asking this because you aren't generous. I'm asking it because you are. Every time we have done something here, whether it's giving food or backpacks or gifts or money to build a roof in Haiti, You've gone above and beyond. I've seen what is possible. We can make that same impact here in our community if we commit together. So let's all join in and run as hard as we can after Jesus. I've shared this passage before, but this is Malachi chapter 3. And this sums up everything that we are looking forward to. God says to the people, he says, "'Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house.'" Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Let's trust his promises. He will continue to make the increase if we continue to faithfully surrender to him. Remember, our God is good and he is faithful. He has been faithful every time. We have seen that so much this past year and now we're in that place where we're longing for more and more of him. We want to continue to see the increase. So let's continue to surrender. It all starts with surrender. If you are a follower of Jesus, it starts every day by waking up and saying, Jesus, I belong to you. You are Lord of my life. Do with me what you want every day. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, it starts there. Surrendering your heart to him in baptism and saying, you are Lord, I am not. I'm giving it all to you. If you want to do that, if you want to start the journey of running hard after Jesus, joining this family as we go together, come and talk to me as we sing this next song and we will talk all about baptism and following Jesus, and we'll run together. Let me pray, and we'll sing. Father, I am so thankful that you've given us the responsibility of carrying the light into the darkness. 
And God, I pray that you would give us the strength and endurance, the courage and the wisdom to do that for your glory, not for ours. It is not about us. It is about you. It's about seeing people come to know you. It's about having sin forgiven and seeing redemption happen. God, give us pathways to do that. Give us courage to speak up and invite and give us unity in this room right here to commit to the mission together. Lock arms and take the ground you've called us to take. God, we thank you so much for Jesus and the hope that comes because of the cross. It's in his name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the RSCC podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you have any further questions or you just want to know more about what RSCC has going on, you can reach out through our email at info at rsccfamily.org. We would love to see you in person soon. We have services that happen every Sunday at 830 and at 1045, and you're always welcome. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.